0: I'm Al Cresta. I think everybody is aware of uh, how we are a a, um, hyper-busy society and culture. And uh, there's no end of complaints about how how hard we work, how little discretionary time we have. And you can often hear new parents, for instance, uh, young parents, saying they want to make sure that um, they build, um, you know, build family time, uh, dinner time, uh, movie nights, things like that, into family life. Well, I, we, Sally and I still have a 16-year-old in the house, but we've raised five kids over a period of 20 years, and it does seem to me that uh, it's, it is increasingly difficult to ensure that that time for family is available. My guests, Tim and Sue Muldoon, uh, have authored Reclaiming Family Time, a guide to slowing down and savoring the gift of one another. Tim uh, is a theologian and professor who's taught at Boston College and Mount Aloysius College. Sue is a therapist and religious educator, and you can follow their work at timandsuemuldoon.com. Tim, Sue, good to have you with me.
1: Thank you, Thank Al. You. Great to be with you.
0: I was spent, I was thinking about this, and uh, how things are are different. Uh, we had our first child was born in 1981. Our last child was born in 2001, and it se- it does seem to me that we, as time went on, we had to increasingly push back against uh, in obligations and intrusions and sometimes just lots of other fun things that would lead us away from being a family together. Uh, You had to really fight for dinner time. You had to make sure that uh, ball practice uh, didn't interfere with dinner time. You had to adjust dinner time for ball time. Uh, Family nights became more difficult because as the kids got older, Uh, they weren't as interested in hanging around watching a movie that their eight-year-old brother might want to watch. So uh, talk to me about how you've seen the development of this concern for family time. Is it more difficult today than 20 years ago, 30 years ago?
2: It's helpful to have your perspective of parenting over that period of time, because I I do think that it has become more crowded and the – obligations that the kids have where kids may have been involved in sports, the sports didn't take as much time. Each commitment has increased the demands that it makes on the the time of the child and thus the time of the family and that's crowded into weekends and later into evenings and things like that. Uh, There used to be very limited sports activities on Sundays. Now many leagues have their games on Sundays, things like that. So I do think that As parents, we may be wanting the same things for our children as parents 20 years ago, but the obligations that they're trying to meet make it much harder to make that balance in our time. Yeah.
0: Um, Do you find that uh, our families sharing uh, their problems this way? In other words, it it helps Sally and I, anyways, to have friends uh, who are suffering through the same thing we were. And oftentimes, people would be able to share. Things that they did that helped to stabilize uh, family life.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question, uh, I, and I think we can only speak anecdotally about this, Al. That sure um, the factors have changed. You know, there's 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 no doubt, and and in the book we point to some of the research that that uh, shows how. There really is a difference over the last 20, 30, 40 years, as as Sue was mentioning just a moment ago. Um, But I I don't know, for me, and I'll invite Sue to say what what she sees, but but for me, I think there is a growing sense, like, yeah, we're too busy. I mean, this is, you know, parents saying to each other, and we even mentioned, like, on sidelines, you know, (laughs) that uh, it's the, what are you doing today? Oh, it's all these, you know, various activities and stuff. And and I think there is a growing sense, at least in my experience, that, uh, you know, parents are, are, are trying to almost get permission to say, yeah this is getting a little bit out of hand yeah um, I'm, I'm and that's sure one of the ways that. we help know.
2: each other yeah
0: yeah I, I that's right I mean we need to make sure that uh, th- those that we are in relationship with other families uh there are they are the kind of people that we can trust to uh share these these kind of things uh that was a major when we moved uh, 20 it's 20 years ago now uh we moved to a community in which we knew there were a, a large number of uh, parents christian parents and uh, catholic parents who were shared similar values with us and that uh they were friends uh, and living in the same geographic community uh, allowed us then not only to have common, um, our, our kids would grow up together, but that as parents uh, we would be able to share what worked and what didn't work. And um, mm-hmm. I,
2: I, I think we can provide. Practical, um, emotional, and spiritual support to each other. We can practically support in helping people to navigate the schedules that they do choose yeah. to engage in, and you know, carpool and things like that. But also things like hearing other families say, you know, we have a, a an expectation in our family that you know there's only one sport per season or yep. something. You know, yes. not that every standard fits every family, right. but feeling like okay, other people are making those limitations because it's very easy to feel that. If all of the other families are running at such a pace that it's not comfortable for our family, what do we? What what impact is that going to have on our children? And if we realize, you know, other people are stepping back, we can support each other in making that that feel normal for our kids. Other people are saying no to activities on Sundays because getting to mass or getting to um, to other you know, religious education activities are a priority. That helps our children uh, to feel like that we are not just burdening them, but that there's a normalcy to this kind of expectation about the priority of family.
0: That's good. That's absolutely right. How how common is it for new parents, uh, you know, five years, seven years into it, to begin to feel as though uh, the task is overwhelming?
2: I think it's very common. I work with families in our Family Faith Formation Program in the parish where
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, we're members, and I work, and so I'm working all the time with families who have kids in that elementary school age where all of these activities are ramping up. And that that's definitely one of the things that I think has changed dramatically, The teenagers wanted to be busy and always were busy, but now the little ones are busy as well. Um, so how quickly that becomes overwhelming. And hearing people say, you know, I want to participate in religious education, but we can't because there are gymnastic meets and there's dance activities. And and really early in their family life, feeling like there's so many things they need to, to manage. And particularly families, if more than one parent is working outside the home, uh, people's stress level becomes very high very quickly. And so we've started having conversations among the parents about the impact that this is having on, on our, our kids and how do we give ourselves permission to look holistically at what's happening to our family, not just what do we think um is going to be good for the kids' achievement and in the individual activities.
0: Mm-hmm. You're right that there's something called a family life cycle, and that, that will have a lot to do with the way we manage uh, our time and our relationships. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, um this this comes up um in the chapter is titled Will We Serve the Lord and it's it's um quoting from the book of Joshua where you know Joshua is speaking to Israel and basically saying this is where I stand you know mm-hmm. as for me and my family we will serve the Lord. Um so we raised this question um about the family life cycle just observing that there are going to be busy times in a family life. Like, you know, you, you can't just imagine that family life is going to be, you know, blissfully peaceful at every stage. I mean, there are going to be busy, periods. So, you know, we're trying to be very realistic and, and say, look, they're, they're, when, when you're first having a baby, you, of course you're going to be busy, you know, of course you're going to be losing sleep. So, you know, to, to give yourself a certain amount of permission for just the normal Um, Factors that affect family life, you know, I mean that that's just you know, being realistic Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we're also trying to maybe challenge parents to think about what are maybe some things that they're holding on to Expectations or assumptions about the way the family life is going to go That starts to really, you know, get out of hand That, that 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 is not really allowing them to see the big picture uh, and the big picture um, is is always going to be something about this question of you know what does God ask of us at this stage of our family life you know and and so it, fundamentally Al this is a book about being reflective it's yep. about um, it's about inviting parents to really think carefully in a very discerning way about that big picture and then the specific day to day decisions that they make that that allow them to. Um, you know, effectively keep a handle on the pace of family life.
0: So many things play into this. Uh, you, you have a list here. Our approach to work, the demands of school, uh, the way we use free time, leisure time, the way we use money, uh, activities that our children are engaged in, and the expectations about um, the amount of time they engage in those activities. Uh the size of our homes, the way we use the space in our homes uh friends, the amount of time spent with friends, the quality of friends, the relationship between parents um, of our kids' friends uh the um, uh, what we have to do with technology, which has been a major concern that was not a big issue when I was growing up as a kid, now it's become huge um, and again, how do we how do we create a family culture? in which it is apparent that our overall goal for our children and for ourselves is in fact uh to conformity to Christ uh, to reproduce his life uh in us. So I mean there's a that's a tremendous amount to manage. Uh <laughs> you know? I mean that's not a small that's not a small workload so to speak.
1: <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That, that's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. I mean, the, you know, the, family life is hard. You know, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. You understand this as well, and, and that many of your listeners will certainly appreciate family life is hard. And, and so we're really trying to, first of all, we're, we're, we're trying to not overburden people by you know, calling all these things to mind. Uh, but, but we are trying to just say something to the effect, all right, it, it, given the fact that family life is so taxing, um, where's the center, you know? And, and, and you know, you, you mentioned it, that uh, uh, that we see in our tradition, in our Catholic faith, we understand that uh, that family is a vocation. I mean, this is, yes. this is a, a place in our lives that, that God calls us. Um, and, and it can be a hard thing, um, but that's not to say that it's a thing without direction. And, and really that's where we're trying to pull people back and say, look, there's there's direction in the course of our family
0: really? life. Hold it there, Tim. Sue, we'll be back in just a minute. Tim and Sue Muldoon, my guests, reclaiming family time, our objective. And a good afternoon to you. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Tim and Sue Muldoon. Reclaiming family time, a guide to slowing down and savoring the gift of one another. I'd like to draw upon my my changing attitudes uh, over some decades now, but I can remember uh, even as a young Christian man and uh, engaged and then married and having our first uh, children, um, I look back at those days and see, I think I was incredibly naive. I, I it just seemed to me that, well, heck, everybody gets married and has children, and so how hard can it be? I mean, <laughs> you know, how? Oh, let me rephrase that. So, how much planning do you have to put into it? I mean, how much effort is it going to take? Don't, don't things just kind of take roll along and take care of themselves? And you know, we learned pretty quickly that no, it takes a steady hand. It takes discernment. I love the word discernment, and that people also have different family cultures too. Not every family. Uh, develops uh, in in the same way uh, I, I'm wondering what have you seen among Christian parents that you think works well to help retain a family awareness that we share a common objective in becoming more like Jesus?
2: That's a great question. And one of the things you reference is the fact that family cultures are different, so not everything works for every family, but I know we've kind of pirated ideas from other families (laughs) who have have shared things. One of the things is making sure that you are setting aside time to regularly be in conversation about what your family priorities are, Mm -hmm. and to even talk with the kids about the fact that you're sometimes having to play catch-up about what, is happening not fitting what you want? Sometimes the life experiences get ahead of us, and we say, okay, we're going to meet as a family, and we're going to talk about what's happening now and be looking ahead at what's happening in this stage of our life. Um, I think about rules for technology, having conversations with other families who say, you know, We've said that, you know, the rule is that when they walk in the house, they need to set aside their um, their devices and uh, friends can't have devices and try to see whether that works for your family. Um, setting aside time for making sure that you're attending Mass together and then, you know, time afterward to have a meal following Mass so that on at least that time you have time to be centered around um, a table together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that that's Sabbath time. Um, what are some other things, Tim?
1: I mean, they vary from family to family. That's part of it is that we're not trying to prescribe a a set list of things to do. I mean, you're absolutely right that there's there's a family culture. So, you know, what we're trying to say is if you have the priority in mind, you're going to be more strategic because the alternative is – that, that, and we see this. I mean, families constantly kind of just catching up to whatever the larger culture is saying. And, mm-hmm. and, and frankly, what the research says is the larger culture is, is moving in very unhealthy ways when it comes to time management. I mean, it's just not sustainable. Um, we've encroached on sleep time. Like loss of sleep is a big thing. We talk about that in the book a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, we've encroached on weekends. Um, certainly, sports activities are a major culprit of that. Driven, by the way, by a major, major industry that that does not have children's welfare at heart. Right. You know, things like that. So, so when you, when you understand the big picture, you can be strategic about planning things like those those examples that, that Sue just talked about.
0: Our um... our. Christian parents who who understand you know the idea of vocation, uh, family vocation, are they going to become? Incre- are they going to look increasingly uh, uh, odd or different? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no question.
2: Yeah, I think that's absolutely the the challenge. So
0: get um, used to it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes joke around about wanting to become Catholic Amish. Yes. You know, That we. We don't have that kind of lifestyle where we live outside of the mainstream. Um, We live, you know, in a suburban town outside of a major city. Our kids have been in in and out of different schools, you know, Catholic and and at times in public, Mm -hmm. and are involved in activities. So we're not stepping out in a really dramatic way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that saying no to what is happening around you is going to make you look more and more different as the pace gets faster. Um, we've already seen that, that our kids feel that we say no to things like club teams that take up a tremendous amount of family time, even though our kids are skilled in, in athletics. Mm-hmm. We And it's not just us, but we see other people saying that, and that's where you do end up kind of gravitating to other families who can help to reinforce that. And it, our parish life hopefully helps us to find other families who are reinforcing that. But I do think that that's going to be more and more the norm. I'm also really curious, though, to see what's going to happen when the next generation of parents, the upcoming generation of parents, the millennials who have been so focused on work-life balance, mm-hmm. what whether they're going to find themselves running after this same pace, uh, because I think that we're going to start to be more reflective. Um, and so we're hoping that this is kind of a little tiny piece of, of our generation starting to reflect back on what are we doing to ourselves and our children, and is this really leading us all um, to their their truest self and their best good? Mm.
0: Very good. I was just thinking, you've got a chapter here on family mission, and I I, I just got back from a, a family gathering uh, out east, and um, and I'm thinking about this, and I don't I don't think any of the families uh, that I grew up with, my aunts, uncles, you know, cousins. I don't think it was ever. Just, I don't think fam- an idea of a family mission was ever ever talked about. It certainly wasn't talked about in the home in which I was raised. Um, that itself is kind of strange, in a good way that you would have a family mission. What is that?
1: Yeah, it's... um, And and by the way, and this reflects on your earlier question just a moment ago, um, because yes, there are going to be ways in which Christian families are going to look different, but I do think that in some ways they're going to be different in an interesting way, kind of what you just said a moment ago. Um, Like, who has a family mission? I'm intrigued by this. Why why do you have a family mission? Now, um, it's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a modern concern, you know, mission statements are all the rage, you know, in, sure. in organizations. But, you know, it, it, what we're really trying to get at is this idea that it's tied to vocation again, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that family is, is not something accidental. It's not something that we do just because, you know, everybody does it. Because frankly, you know, the evidence is that everybody does not do it. I mean, you know, we're, we're really tilting in the United States away from families. I mean, uh, families that, that are constituted by, you know, a mother, a father, and children are a minority now. I mean, that used to not be the case. So, so the very idea of being a family um, is, is becoming less and less common. So yes. you've got to do it deliberately. So what we're, what we're trying to say in this chapter is uh, that the mission, um, it, it, again, it's tied to our vocation as parents. Our mission is not fundamentally to ensure that our kids are at the best at everything or that they involve themselves in every available activity. It's not to ensure that every second of our days is sucked up by, you know, activities outside the home. No, I mean, we want to, we want people to really think through, if God has called you to be a parent – then then, what are you supposed to do? I mean, that ultimately is the, the statement of your family mission. So to be reflective about that, to really be, be thoughtful and, again, strategic, because that's what helps you to then make the practical decisions.
0: Do you encourage parents to kind of take inventory of what they're doing with their time?
1: Yes. Um, not so directly in the book, although I think it's sort of implicit in the background of uh, what mm-hmm. we're talking about. I mean, we don't, you know, say literally, you know, go over your week and fill in the way you've spent every hour. Um, but I, I will say, uh, just as a little bit of background, that um, this, this was an exercise, in fact, that I, that I once gave to um, some classes early in my teaching career to actually look at the way that you schedule your days. You know, how much time do you spend on your phone? How much time do you spend, you know, just puttering around and doing a lot of nothing or watching mm-hmm. TV or, you know, that sort of stuff? Because it says something about our priorities, and and for some, that can be a wake-up call. So, you know, for parents, you know, it it may well be, how much time do our kids actually spend outside the house, you know, or how much time are we actually talking to each other as a family? And by the way, the answer, at least statistically, is not much, you know, and that's, to us, a little bit problematic.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And it's really not for us to dictate how much is too much. We're certainly not trying to do that so that we have some kind of standard. Every family is going to have the the balance that works well for their own natural temperament, energy level, and each child. Mm-hmm. But by being reflective, you can recognize that what's even working for one child might not work for another. What works at one stage of life might not work at a different stage of life. Um, and so it's kind of giving ourselves permission to think it's okay to rework things if any of us feel like this is not working. You know, even if we thought that um, that this piece was going to be good and we were going to be um, getting what we needed out of it, if, if we're feeling the stress, if we're feeling overwhelmed or if a particular child doesn't seem to be thriving at that time, um, how can we give ourselves permission to step back and even if we are achieving the goods, you know, for which the activity is intended, whether it's like the sports or the the schoolwork or anything, is it allowing us to have the leftover time, energy, and focus for some of these other things that we do ideally prioritize, like um, connection to each other and development mm-hmm. of our faith life? That's one of the things we found for ourselves is we have these wonderful ideals of what we want to be doing, but it's very easy for what we want to be happening in our family life and the reality to not be matching up. It takes kind of constant refocus for those things to happen in our own family life. Um, And so we have to be very intentional, and so we're just kind of, you know, opening up the discussion for other people about, you know, how can you be intentional in your lives as
0: well? Yeah, yeah. You know, there was that phrase years ago. It's probably still used. uh, The family that prays together stays together. I was thinking, we just buried my father, 89 years old, and uh, obviously I was thinking a lot about growing up in that home. And I would say in some ways, the family that plays together uh, stays together. We used yeah. to laugh constantly in the home that I grew up in. We, we had, dad was very sociable. We had lots of, he friends in and relatives in. And it was, it was great growing up in a family in which you could see adults laughing hilariously and telling stories and joking and not taking one another too seriously, being able to poke fun. And just just the conversation. Uh, fun, fun conversation, festive conversation. How does that play into it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And the point is that 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 is what creates bonds between people. Um, you, as you're saying that, I was thinking about uh, the quote uh, from Pope Francis that is um, at the um, front of this book, and and basically the the, the quote is. Um, to oversimplify, it's good to waste time together. You know, we don't, it's almost like we're, we're so consumed with having to make every moment of our kids' lives useful in some way that we're missing something very yeah. profound, which is, you know, wasting time together can be great. I mean, that's how bonds are formed, you know. And, and, and we point, among other things, to this 75-year Harvard study of happiness that, you know, the major takeaway is they find
0: Tim, Sue, thank
2: you so much Reclaiming Family Time